Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast on how to build a kick-ass offshore team. Today, we have several guests with us. Today, we have Phil Whitman. We have David Wolfskill and Sean Parikh. And so before we get going, I'd like uh, each of you to introduce a little bit about your, yourself and who you are in your business. Now, Phil and David, you're from uh, Whitman Business Advisors. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I'm Phil Whitman, President and CEO of Whitman Business Advisors. And we are a firm dedicated to helping CPA firms grow. Uh, we've developed something that we call our six pack of services. So we help firms with merger and acquisition, talent acquisition, training and coaching. We do partner retreats, practice management consulting, and we have something that I'm excited to share with you. It's called the practice growth Mul multiplier and PGM for short. That PGM is the ability for firms of all sizes to leverage the skill sets that are available that they don't have on their team so that they could bring bottom line revenue without adding one new staff person or one new client. Mm. That does sound interesting and great. And so uh, Sean with Integrity, uh, give us a little insight about what your company is about, Sean. So I'm uh, uh, chairman of the company, Integrity. We are an uh, offshore staffing company. So we have, we are headquartered out of Houston, Texas, and we have a small team of eight people here in the United States. And uh, we have about uh, 600 plus people in India, uh, primarily, uh, I mean, not primarily, exclusively, we work with accounting firms. Right now in US and Canada, we work with almost uh, uh, 700 plus accounting firms today. And uh, we have been in business about eight years now. And uh, uh, our focus has been to help accounting firms with number one challenge of finding and retaining quality staff. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay, well, today's topic that we're going to go with is the question we're going to answer today, is bigger actually better? And we have lots of different contrary views. We both have both positives and negatives and all this type of thing. And so we're going to have kind of just a general conversation about that and how that fits in the big scope of our industry and what's going on. And so to kind of kick us off, we'll have Sean kind of introduce the topic a little bit and then we'll take it from there. Go ahead, Sean. Sure, Mike. Thank you. Um, so before we even get into the topic that is bigger or better. Uh, I would like to put this a uh, little in perspective. Uh, uh, well, uh, probably four or five years back, I think uh, Jim Cramer, uh, host of Mad Money, coined this term called FANG5, which you know signifies uh, the five big technology companies uh, called Facebook, Apple, uh, Netflix, and Google, and Amazon. And uh, by, you know, during that time, uh, their market market cap was about 1.1 trillion and people started believing that they have reached their peak and the saturation point and and, and look at you know uh, look at them now they have become six times in their market cap from where they were in probably 2013 or 14 so you know it's it, uh, whether it is bigger whether it is, whether it is better or not 
but for sure bigger is getting bigger <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, well uh, why bigger is getting bigger there are some reasons around it i mean i was reading an article probably two two or three days back of of one of the developers one of the early developers of amazon uh, which mentioned i mean now he's no more a part of amazon and he used to be the next colleague to jeff bezos uh, he mentioned that Amazon is using every data point to, to, to sell their uh, private, private label on their platform. So the rules of games are changing. You know, traditionally what we learned in economics was there is a marketplace and then there are buyers and sellers. But what happens when marketplace itself become a buyer or, and a seller? So in nutshell, these big players are dominating the space. Mm -hmm. Although they claim, you know, they claim to generate a lot of, lot of opportunities for small business, like Amazon claims that they are giving opportunities to hundreds of thousands of business, but nobody knows how many small business are getting disrupted. So whether it is good or bad, the fact right now is bigger is getting bigger. And because of their deep pockets, because of the change, changes in the rules of game, because of the deep spending in R&D, because of uh, the huge cash on their balance sheet, uh, mm -hmm. and because of multiple reasons like that. So uh, definitely big, bigger is getting bigger from what we understand. Right, yeah, and so thank you. That's a good introduction, you're right. That is the case. Things seem to be getting in that area, especially. Bigger and bigger and bigger. So. So Phil, how does that fit into our topic today and what you're thinking? Yes, so first and foremost, I'd like to premise that at Whitman Business Advisors, you'll hear us saying all the time, it's your life. And I'm sure we've got plenty of CPAs on the phone right now uh, viewing this. Uh, and uh, it can be that um, their desire is to remain small. Um, Others might desire to merge up, or a smaller firm might desire to merge additional partners in and grow that way. And we're not going to be uh, sitting here telling you that you're a nail and we're a hammer and you must merge and you must grow and you must be bigger. But today, I'm going to take the position that bigger is better. And my colleague and partner, David Wolfscale, is going to take the position, maybe bigger isn't better, at least when it comes to the CPA firm arena. So I'd first like to start out by saying, bigger firm, bigger clients. Bigger clients, bigger fees. Bigger fees, greater opportunities greater opportunities for your partners and for your people. Additionally, when you look at a bigger firm, they have the ability to service a client in more ways than just tax and audit. They have specialty tax services. We know firms that have sales development training. We know other firms that have all sorts of specialty credits. Not to mention things like 
cybersecurity, HR, consulting, technology, assistance and support, <clears throat> recruiting. I mean, it just goes on and on. And when you're bigger, if you're a small firm and you go bigger, well, you know what? You could take off that administration hat. You don't have to worry about HR, IT, finance, facilities, marketing, business development. That becomes someone else's baby. You go to a large firm, they got an HR department. Maybe they got three people, five people, 10 people, 20 people. Same thing with marketing. Same thing with IT. So now, what are you going to do with all that extra time? That time that you spend running your firm, which clearly is not the best value use of your time. Okay? Your best value use of time is servicing your clients, creating new opportunities and bringing business in. So all that goes away. And how about this? Bigger firm, probably a greater chance to recruit and retain talent. But what that does is it creates a challenge. Even the bigger firms that we work with, it's not like people just coming across their plate. There's a shortage of talent. We're at near full employment. And, you know, you don't have many passive candidates out there. I mean, candidates that, you know, are on the market, all the candidates are passive. They're in seats. They have their butts in seats. And you got to pry them out and create an opportunity that's really compelling. Otherwise, by their very nature, they are staying put. So when I look at even the bigger firm, an organization like Integrity, that does offshoring and has 1,200 plus staff members available. And people have this wrong connotation of what it means to offshore. I mean, they think that there's, their work goes into a big pot and whoever's available takes their work and who knows who's doing their work. And I know because we have clients that have begun the process of using Integrity. And Integrity works with more than 500 firms nationwide, helping them support the new business development that they bring in. So many times I go out to firms, small and large, and you know what they say? We've had to turn off the business development spigot because our concern is we're going to bring in the work and we don't have the engines we don't have the horses. We don't have the ability to get that work done. So no, we're not growing. Costs continue to grow. Salaries continue to increase. And top line revenue is growing, but partners are making less money. So the offshoring opportunity is one that provides incredible leverage and the ability to never have to turn off that business development spigot. The last thing I'd like to highlight before I'm gonna give David an opportunity to dispel what I've just outlined to all of you is built-in succession and transition. Okay, for those of you that are sole practitioners or small firms, 
that have not developed your bench of future partners. You may have bought your practice from someone who came before you. You may have built your practice on your own or with a partner or two. But who is going to buy you out? Who is sitting there ready to carry on what you've built while we're in an environment that is changing? The CPA firm industry mm-hmm. is one that itself right now is in transition. When you look at the traditional bread and butter firm that does tax and audit and nothing more, no advisory services, those firms are in a very dangerous place. Small changes can have incredible impacts. Look at artificial intelligence. Look at blockchain. And everyone was thinking, yeah, that's 10 years away. And no, it's happening right now. Right this very minute, there's real-time auditing. Okay? And what we know is there have been times before when the biggest of firms, the big four, came down to eat your lunch, whether you were a mid-sized firm or a small firm. And when you're competing in a marketplace and the big four can come in with a fee proposal that's the same or sometimes lower than yours, whoever's making that decision, for them it's easy because no one is going to fault them for saying, oh, I think we should go with Price Waterhouse instead of Whitman Business Advisors or whoever the mid-sized firm might be. So I think that for the reasons I've outlined, bigger fees, bigger clients, more service offering abilities, getting out of that human resource and administration business, the ability to recruit and retain people better, and succession and transition, that's why at this very moment, I think bigger is better. David? <laughs> so my name is David Wolfscale, and I'm a senior managing director at Whitman Business Advisors. And when I think about, and no disrespect to Sean or Phil, but bigger is better is like, so 2008 or whatever that song is, right? That's about yesterday, right? Because yesterday, the smaller firms couldn't compete. Yesterday, the smaller firms had to be dependent on their local marketplace for staff, for clients, for, for those type of things. But bigger isn't better anymore. Bigger gives you more bureaucracy. Bigger gives you more bricks and mortar, which makes it much more difficult for you to be nimble and take advantages of the opportunities, right? Nimble doesn't, uh, bigger oftentimes does not bring higher profitability because you have these layers of management. Bigger doesn't get you the culture that as a smaller CPA, I've built my career around. I've built my family. And when I talk about family, not my personal family, but my work family, my client family. And And bigger doesn't allow me to have the culture, the business processes that fit my family. And so I don't believe that bigger is better anymore. I believe that's 2008. Because how do smaller firms compete with larger firms? We outsource staffing 
not looking in our little local market and putting an ad in the uh, newspaper like we used to. We outsource. We um, offshore our staffing to a firm like Integrity. We offshore our non-core businesses. So I need a business developer, I go find one, right? And perhaps I use social media or other tools that aren't 2008 to compete with the big guys. So I believe that in today's environment, smaller gives you the ability to be nimble. Technology gives you the ability to be anywhere in the world. And if Integrity brings us staffing in India, we can compete with the big guys with the quality of staff. We can use social media to compete. <clears throat> and not only, and we can find resources anywhere in the world now instead of in our local marketplace. And so I think bigger is, is better is a 2008 uh, equation. So, David, if I can ask you then, so I'm a, a partner in a small firm and I get a business development opportunity to, to, to do a thirty dollars or $40,000 audit. And part of that requires uh, an SSAE 16 SOC 1 Type 2 audit. And my guess is you... As my partner, just as I, would probably scratch our heads and say, what's an SSAE 16 SOC 1 Type 2 audit? So let me ask you this. I'm in my big firm, and I walk across the hall, and I talk to my QC technical guru, uh, or I pick up the phone and I call the national office, and they say, oh, yeah, Phil, don't worry. You know, talk to that Mike Goosen guy. Mike, you know, he's the expert in SSA 16 type one, SOC one type two audits. What are you doing? So what am I doing? So first of all, even though the person in your big firm might be sitting right next to your office that can do that for you, there's a chance you don't even know who that person is. And there's a chance when you call the national office, when they look at their priorities, maybe your audit is the most important, Maybe it's not. So just because you think that they're next door to you and that gives you a huge advantage, I don't believe so. Whitman Business, we developed that practice growth multiplier to give those smaller firms access not only to things like additional revenue sources, but also expertise that is ready to help them no matter where they are because this is 2020. The world is flat, and geography means a lot less than it did back in the day when bigger was better. So, John, any of, thoughts? Yeah. So, just to kind of balance the perspective of, of Phil and David, uh, well, we can still debate on <clears throat> whether big is better or not, but definitely small is, small is more beautiful than bigger. Right, David? Absolutely. We all agree to that. So, I mean, uh, putting, putting, I mean, my perspective over, over this topic is, is, of course, agreeing to what uh, Phil is saying that you should have all, you should be aspirational of becoming bigger. I mean, growing your firm, you should always want to, I mean, have that aspiration to grow and, I mean, build your practice, acquire practice, 
add more services, add more clients, you know, increase your fees. So that way, I agree that you should have that aspiration of growing. But when I look at this uh, specific topic from, from the standpoint of, of economy, well, consolidation brings, you know, less jobs. Consolidation means uh, lesser opportunities. Consolidation means driving towards monopoly. We are, I will always, I mean, let me give you an example of into, into it. They started this business of live bookkeeping. Well, I personally feel, I mean, they might be doing, you know, everything legally correct. They have, you know, they have lawyers getting paid $1,200 an hour. So they might have researched this, you know, more, more than us. So, uh, but, but I think morally they are hurting, it can, I mean, the community of accountants and bookkeepers who really built into it. Well, it's very interesting you say that because when I look at our profession, you're right. The very um, people that CPA firms rely on for their technology, um, whether it's, you know, a CCH, you know, a Go system, you know, a Thomson Reuters, regardless who it is, many of these organizations, you can outsource your work to them. So yeah. we frequently talk about new competition coming to town to challenge the CPA firm arena. And it's the very people that we pay and support. Yeah. You know, and the people that we rely on that now we're becoming even more reliant on, you know, uh, and who knows, maybe one day with tax simplification, we're not needed and they're all that's needed. So, um, you know, look, it's, it's, you know, getting back to the bigger versus smaller, obviously I said, it's your life. But the one thing that I know is the greatest challenge our profession has faced year in, year out, whether it's like David said, 2008, that was yesterday. And here we are, it's 2020, this is today. If offshoring is not part of your strategy you will not grow in a sufficient fashion that that's possible there's what's possible and there's what's probable i know this if you're not pushing to grow your revenues okay you're going backwards okay because costs are rising and it's even more challenging today in the staffing arena than it was pre-2008. And we see same-day offers. A most placeable candidate within 10 days is off the market, sometimes sooner. So, And Phil, and just trying to support that argument, I mean, when we started this probably seven, eight years back, uh, well, I'm originally from India, so uh, I have looked in, you know, how big four and larger firms are setting, setting up their offices, you know, in India. And today, if you see, each of the big four has thousands of employees in multiple cities just catering their U.S. business. So, well, well what we realized is because big four and larger firms, top 100 firms I'm talking about, has these deep pockets, 
so they have this money to kind of send managers to india you know uh, 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 spend some money invest some money before they actually started uh, you know producing results this type of uh, resources you know small and mid sized firm doesn't have if they want to hire five or 10 people or 15 people they are not going to india and you know uh, you know <laughs> get a part of the bureaucracy and take care of those compliances and uh, you know take those local challenges on they'll prefer that you know let's 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 not grow uh, or you know let's keep the staff because ultimately the dilemma is this you know sometimes i've been talking to small firms like you and they say that sometimes i get clients but i feel that if i add staff and if that staff is not fully utilized you know it is i'm not going to make any profits out of that client so it's like chicken and egg situation to you know hire staff or to add client and ultimately you are not doing both so uh, so that's where you know we started this business coming back to the point we started this business that if we can and this is how i always try to put it that we are democratizing global access of staffing for small and mid sized and regional accounting firms which was never available to them uh, probably before we started so that's what we are trying to do so that they can stay in competition just like you know technology which used to be proprietary to larger businesses are now you know becoming are now being available to small businesses and small firms we also wanted this access to be available to even small and regional firms and that's where we came up with this idea that let's say if we can do something that we help them in hiring a staff which matches their quality and requirement and they work from our secured office in india and if somehow we can win trust probably this is the best thing that we can you know provide to our clients and i mean it has been great since since we started everybody is appreciating not that we had few uh, complaints but yes all in all it has been a very very uh, gainful and help i mean uh, encouraging experience working with accounting firms so uh, concluding well our our uh, objective is you know we want to help small mid sized and regional firms so that they can they can have the same level of competitive advantage that larger firms has you know they can take being small they can still cater to the clients that they want they can still charge the fees they want and they can still run and you know they can you know run in those markets that they want so as as david said i would reinforce that the choice is important what they want to do they want to stay uh, regional they want to stay local or they want to have a presence in multiple states choice is them technology staffing practices should be available to them and withman business advisors for that matter you know i, I gave you this example probably a couple of days back compensation planning talent planning nobody has hr in small firms nobody has you know advisor to decide how a partner would be paid or how a, a senior manager should be paid in longer run that's where withman business advisor kind of come in and coach you know or otherwise this was only a privilege of you know regional firms or i mean larger firms for that matter where they can hire counsels and advocates uh, for you know uh, doing this so what withman business advisor somewhere is doing 
apart from merger and acquisitions or advising on succession planning <clears throat> is helping small firms to stay in business to stay in you know to stay in competition and you know just picking up on that i think what we also are doing and this is is bigger better i think what we're doing both at whitman and integrity is perhaps not helping firms grow the top line but i haven't paid my mortgage with the top line right I think many of the smaller firms, what they care about is the bottom line. And many of our solutions are about growing, and growth is important, but growing that bottom line because it helps pay for vacations, unlike growing the top line. So that's my final thought for you, Phil. Yeah, so um, I guess I kind of like would wrap up, you know, whether you're a small firm a medium-sized firm or a large firm. The challenge we all face is the same, okay? There are regulatory challenges. There are challenges in getting new business. Um, year after year, the greatest challenge has been in the staffing arena. And, you know, we're pleased to uh, partner with Integrity to help our firms both small and large, plow through the challenges that they face in all these areas. And the one thing I do know is there are firms out there who take the ostrich approach and they put their head in the sand and they are not forward thinking. They made a decision once years ago that offshoring wasn't the right opportunity. And maybe back then it wasn't mature enough. It wasn't uh, systematized the way it is today. And I believe for those of you who have taken that approach, you need to take your head out of the sand and take another look because as Sean said, integrity's democratization, and giving all firms the ability to have an office offshore that is supporting their efforts could be a critical factor in your achieving the growth that's out there for you. There should be no reason any firm should say to us, I'm flat. Because back in 2008, I said, flat is crap. And in 2020, I believe the same thing. High growth. High growth. So, been a pleasure chatting with you. And um, hopefully, uh, you know, we've got some listeners out there who are going to take action because to sit and view and listen and go away and go back and do the same thing. Uh, I think Einstein said that's sort of like the definition of insanity. Take the steps you need to, to get yourself better, to get your firm better. And I'm here today with some people that can help you uh, in those very, uh, very endeavors. So I think, I think, Phil, your words of wisdom 
are going to have an impactful, you know, are going to make an impact. And definitely uh, there is a lot of message, right message for, for the firm in that, uh, for their business, for their benefit. I mean, if they choose not to act, it's, it's for them. So uh, probably you and me can advocate best practices to grow at the end of the day. And we'll continue to make effort through our podcast and through our videos and through our chats. And, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, they have to take the decision whether uh, it is good for them or not. And if not, you know, best of luck to them. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. I, and and, and, and I, Mike, I, I'd like to thank you uh, and Sean for hosting this and having David and I on as, as your guests. Um, Hopefully uh, you, you've enjoyed our conversation, but I do want to thank both of you very much. No, thanks, thanks, Phil. Thanks, David, for being with us. Yes, Mike, over to you. Well, yes, well, I was just gonna say, gentlemen, thank you for a very intriguing conversation. And I found it very interesting on all sides. I'm sure I'm not where, I'm not sure where I'm at yet. I'm bigger, better, smaller, whatever the case, but I think um, regardless of the size of a firm or the goals or the objectives of the firm, um, there are opportunities to to partner with others, to take advantage of different services and professions and relationships that are out there in the industry so that you can achieve your goals and objectives that you want for you as your firm. And so I've encouraged you to look at all those things. And that will be a wrap for today. Thank you all for attending. Whoever joined us today, hope you're doing well. You can reach out to any one of us through uh, social media and or websites, etc. Be happy to have you. And again, uh, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Mike Goosen, and I'm happy to have you today at this uh, <laughs> build a kick-ass offshore team. And we look forward to hearing from you again. And have a great day. <laughs>